Hi guys, welcome to Everything Hurts and I'm Dying. I'm Julia Krauss, and I am here solo today because we are starting a solo series and it's going to be called Get to Know Me. So hopefully today will be a bit of a more intimate chat between uh, you and I, and we will get to know each other a little bit better. And by get to know each other, I mean you will get to know me, because obviously you don't get to talk back. It's just me. <laughs> so, um, first of all, this is incredibly awkward, <laughs> being here talking to the camera and not having anyone to talk to, except for my lovely editor, Tony. Hi, Tony. <laughs> Thank you for being here. <laughs> it makes it so much less weird. <laughs> And it also makes me feel, like, significantly less psychotic. <laughs> like, so instead of just me talking in front of a camera, rocking back and forth, I actually can pretend like you're vaguely interested in the things that I have to say. <laughs> so, um, we are launching the Get to Know Me series, and so this is the first one of the series. And so consider these to be a little bit of a fireside chat, if you will, a la Teddy Roosevelt. Um, I don't think a lot of Brits are going to get that reference, but I hope a couple Americans will. So fireside chat, we get to know each other a bit. I get to explain a little bit more about, well, today I'm going to explain a little bit more about my training philosophy and um, my four pillars of learning, which I like to integrate with all of my T-Rex athletes. And um, they're very heavily integrated with my own life as well. And it's exactly what I think and believe with my own journey to health and fitness, and hopefully it will resonate well with you guys as well. So, <clears throat> first things first, I'm going to just tell you guys a little bit about my week. Uh, we've been training, um, obviously, <laughs> uh, going after some training, and we have decided that we've, break in, we've broken down basically some of the aspects that I struggled with in my max out week. So during my max out week, for example, on the clean and jerks, um, I got stuck at the bottom of the squat position. And so basically in my training now, we are just drilling front squats from full clean depth. And I feel like I'm about to die because full clean depth, tempo paused front squats are like probably one of the worst things I've ever done. Um, they're so hard and front squats already are big weakness of mine in general, hence why I screwed them up so much during my max out sessions. Uh, so hopefully by drilling those hard and consistently, we'll be able to really see some good results uh, for the next time I am going to max out on clean and jerks, which should be in several weeks from now. So wish me luck with that. Personally wise, personal wise, personally wise, personally wise, uh, one of my best friends is in labor, like literally as we speak, she is in the hospital right now. And so if I check my watch and just burst into tears, at least you guys will know why, because <laughs> my phone is recording. And if I just see like on my watch, I get the notifications because it's Apple. Um, but yeah, she's in labor and I'm so excited and I can't wait. So our little girlfriends at home, we call ourselves the wolf pack. And this will be one of our, this will actually be the third wolf pup of the pack. So we've got our little wolf pups and this one will be number three. So I'm really excited. Uh, I hope that it doesn't happen while I'm in here. <laughs> Everything hurts and I'm dying. <laughs> All right, everybody. So we're gonna hop in now and we're gonna talk about, I have four learning pillars for my personal training philosophy. Um, and it's pillars that I carry on 
with my own personal journey with health and fitness. And here they are. So hopefully you'll find them interesting. So learning pillar number one is that exercise is a celebration, not a punishment. So exercise doesn't have to be the most miserable part of your day. Moving your body can actually be fun and enjoyable. And in fact, I think that it should be. It should be a generally positive experience. We move because we want to celebrate our bodies and what they can do and what they're capable of. It's not a punishment for what you ate. And I feel like I need to say that again. We move our bodies as a celebration for what we can do, not as a punishment for what we've eaten. And so something to think about is finding ways to move in your life that bring you joy and happiness and capitalizing on that. So, you know, some people are like, oh my God, I just, I hate running. I hate running so much. I never, I, ugh, running is the worst, blah, blah, blah. Then don't run. <laughs> like go for a walk, lift weights, do yoga, do Zumba, dance around in your kitchen to music. Like I do, like a crazy person. Like there's plenty of other ways to get around like exercising. There's, I, so this is really morbid expression, but the expression is there's more than one way to skin a cat. And it's so useful in this app, in this situation, because don't do the thing that you hate, do more of the thing that you love. Exercise does not have to be miserable. It really doesn't. That being said, uh, it doesn't mean that we don't push ourselves because we absolutely do. Because where exercise is a celebration, not a punishment, where we are moving our body in a positive way, we are also pushing ourselves a little bit. And the reason why I advocate for kind of pushing yourself a little bit outside of your comfort zone is because I genuinely think that it's good for you. Um, strength makes more strength. So what that means is when you're pushing yourself hard in your workouts, it sends signals to your brain and your general self-esteem levels that you are capable of doing hard things. Um, you know, you push through a workout and you don't think you can do it and you're like, oh man. And then you push through it and you finish it and you do it well and you feel proud of yourself and you feel accomplished. And that sense of accomplishment um, and self-confidence extends far beyond the gym. We do hard things in the gym and that makes it easier for us to do hard things outside of the gym. For example, you come in and you, yeah, you're having a bad day, you're feeling off, and then you end up just crushing your workout and you nail it and you're like, oh, that was so tough, but I pushed through. I'm so proud of myself. I can do hard things. You get to this presentation that you're making for your company in front of your boss or whatever, and you're like, you know what? I pushed through this workout earlier. It's I know I can do hard things. I know I'm capable of toughing it out. And that gives you enough confidence to nail that presentation because you know that you can overcome adversity and challenges and like come out the other side. And I think that more people need to give health and fitness a little bit more credit for that of pushing yourself inside of the gym makes you feel good about pushing yourself outside of your comfort zones outside of the gym. That being said, you don't need to be pushing yourself all the time 24-7. Going back to my previous point of health and fitness doesn't have to be miserable. You're allowed to enjoy yourself. You're moving your body as a celebration for what it can do and what it's capable of doing. You're pushing hard when you want to, but you're also backing off when you want to as well. 
You don't need to be going 110% every single day, all the time, in order to feel good about yourself. You can absolutely take a day off. You can take a week off. You can take two weeks off even. You can take a month off and go for walks and get your mental health back in order and figure out what feels good for you and your body in the different stages of your life. Um, Sometimes when I'm out and about, I will take a holiday sometimes in Florida. And when I'm in Florida, I really like to go running on the beach because it's beautiful. And who doesn't love like being on the beach? Um, That being said, sometimes here in England, I don't run very often because I'm lifting my ass off in my gym, which I love with my friends. It's just different kind of training methods at different stages of your life. But in both situations, I'm moving in ways that bring me lots of joy. And I'm celebrating my body for what it can do. And I'm trusting my body to be able to tell me when it wants to go for a run and when it wants to lift and when it wants to go for a walk and when it wants to rest. So remember, guys, exercise is a celebration, not a punishment. Everything hurts and I'm dying. (laughs) Okay, guys. Back to my learning pillars here. This one is also about exercise. Uh, Learning pillar number two for me is that you and your body are on the same team. So many people need to realize this because I see it all the time. You and your body are on the same team. You're working with your body. You're not working against it. I can't stand all the things that I see online of, I hate my thighs. I hate my legs. I hate my arms. I hate this. I hate my abs. I blah, 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 blah. I need to fix this. I need to make this better. I need to, you know, improve this so it looks, so it doesn't jiggle or it doesn't do this or it doesn't do that. And I I hate it because it's such a negative way to think about yourself. You and your body are on the same team. It's the only body that you have. If we could switch bodies, I mean, that would be great. Uh, but I st- oh, I still think that even if we could switch bodies, everyone would still look completely different because everybody idolizes a totally different body. Like some people idolize different things about everybody else. So like I see a lot of time in the gym, in my gym, uh, the boys will all idolize each other's thighs and they want as big of thighs as possible. They just want massively thick thighs. And then I see a bunch of women who are really ashamed of their thick thighs And I just, like, if everybody could swap bodies with everybody else, I still feel like there would be some serious, genuine diversity in the world. And I don't know, that would be pretty cool. If everybody could, like, have their dream body, what the world would actually look like. I think that'd be pretty cool. Uh, Totally off topic. (laughs) You and your body are on the same team. You're working with your body. You're not working against it. So the way that we can, like, get around that is by thinking something positively about your body right now. There has to be something good about your body. I don't care what it is. Uh, it could, you have pretty eyes. Do you have a nice big butt? Like, are you smart? Are you really good at crossword puzzles? Like, can you pick up your kid and hold them close? Do you have like a really nice, like big aggressive, like bear hug that your family loves? Um, do you have a nice singing voice? Do you have uh, fingers that are really like nimble and can like knit or like make arts and crafts or like play the guitar really well or something? Like there's something about your body that you like and that is good and positive. And so I would challenge you to think about 
that one thing. Th just think about it. like I love my hands because I use them to make pottery. <laughs> That's the first thing I can think of. I use them to make little pots and making these little clay pots brings me lots of joy. But I love having my hands in the clay. I love the way it feels on my fingers. Like making these little pots brings me lots of joy. <laughs> Back to being a psychopath. Uh, this isn't even my example. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't think I've ever done a clay pot since like I was like 10 <laughs> in school. <laughs> but go with the example here, y'all. So <laughs> thinking about your hands and how much you use them to do X. That's your positive thing. Great. You are now currently thinking something positive about your body. I don't care what it is. The fact that you're thinking something positively about your body puts you in a more positive mindset when it comes to your body. And positivity breeds positivity and it circulates. So if you start thinking something positive about your body, I guarantee you, you will probably find something else positive about your body too, relatively in that same time frame, And that puts you in a positive mental cycle that like helps keep you happy, confident, and feeling good about yourself. The alternative is also true. And that's what we see all the time on the internet. We, you know, I hate my thighs. I hate my arms, whatever. And you're constantly like, I hate this. I hate that. This sucks. This is bad, blah, blah, blah. And that puts you in that negative perpetuating cycle that doesn't serve you. It doesn't do anything for you. It just keeps you in that negative spiral of, I hate this. I hate that about yourself. Think about something positive, put yourself in that positive cycle and watch how different your self-esteem becomes and watch how different you start to feel about yourself. My advice to you is that when you start to think about, I hate my thighs or whatever, instantly go to your positive thing. So instead of the second, I mean, we can't help, sometimes we can't help our thought processes, right? We're going to, we're going to think positive and negative thoughts about everything. And that's just how humans are. So the second that you start thinking something negative about yourself, like I hate my thighs or whatever, I want you to instantly think about that positive thing. The second I think I don't like this, think about, I really like my hands because it helps me make those little pots that I love very much. And we're not going to laugh about it. <laughs> Okay, you get it. Fuck it. You get it. You get what I'm trying to say. So anyways, uh, keep thinking about the positive thing that you like about your body. Also, if you need to break it down, if you need some more help, think about the things that your body can do. Another way to positively think about your body is to think about what it's capable of doing. So instead of thinking about how it looks, think about what it can do. That means that instead of looking at your arms jiggling, you think about the fact that your arms can pick up your children and hold them close. The ability to do that. Instead of thinking about how like your tummy sticks out a little bit and like you wish you had a six pack, think about how you go out to eat with your friends and your body, your stomach like digests like the wonderful food from dinner that you guys had. So don't think so much about what you look like, think about what you're capable of doing. This goes for numbers on the scale as well. This is a bit of a side note, but just I want to talk about it anyways. 
The numbers on the scale do not matter as much as you guys think that they do. What I mean by that is scales fluctuate hourly, minute even wise, depending on how much water you drink. Anybody who's ever cut weight for like a competition and then put on like drank a bunch of water and rehydrated afterwards can tell you that that scale fluctuates, you know, five to 10 pounds easily all the time. And so don't put so much emphasis on the number on the scale. Instead, put emphasis on the numbers on your lifts, the numbers on your runs, the numbers on your like achievements in any other physical aspect or you know how it feels to play with your children outside and have that kind of cardiovascular endurance to be able to keep up with your kids or to be able to go hiking with your family or you know being strong enough to help pick up like your elderly parent out of the bathtub or whatever think about those numbers think about being strong for that don't think about the number on the scale in fact if i had it my way everybody would throw their scale away because it just degrades you so much and just weighing in day after day and just seeing it go up and down and up and down. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. Stick with the numbers on the barbell. Focus on how much you can lift. Focus on how fast you can run. Focus on those numbers and weigh yourself accordingly to your capacity to be the best, healthiest person that you can be. That's what you should be weighing, not just how much water you drank and how much salt you've consumed in the past couple days. The numbers on the scale don't matter. The numbers that you use to evaluate your capacity to live your healthiest, happiest life, that's what matters. Everything hurts and I'm dying. <laughs> okay, guys, coming back, we've got learning pillar number three. So the next learning pillars, three and four, are going to be about uh, food and diet. So learning pillar number three is that diets don't work. I repeat diets don't work. The reason why I say that is because the whole concept of a diet, any type of diet, going on a diet implies that it's going to be something that you're going to go on and off of. And that's completely against my training philosophy and kind of my life philosophy as well, which is all about sustainability and consistency, sustainability and consistency. Going on a diet and then going off a diet, and then going back on a different diet, and then off again, and then on again, and then off again, is completely unsustainable, and it's not consistent. So you're never going to really get the results that you want, because you were never going to be able to be as consistent as you need to be for as long as is needed to get good results. For example, how many times have you guys seen somebody who's like, oh, I'm starting keto or I'm starting low carb or paleo or whatever, and they go on it for like two weeks and then they get really frustrated and then they go off of it and then they totally eat all the food that they haven't been eating for the last two weeks and then they get really frustrated and really mad at themselves and then they go, oh, I'm so disappointed in myself. This diet failed. No, I failed. I failed this diet. I did this. This is my fault. I failed at this diet. Guys, the diet failed you. 98% <laughs> of all diets fail. And that's why the diet industry is as successful as it is, is because it's the only industry that keeps perpetuating people to continue on, but never actually delivers the results. And when the results aren't delivered, the people 
internalize that within themselves and think that they failed and that they haven't just found the right diet. If you found the right diet, you will be able to stay on it for the rest of your life. And this is my thought process of like, fine, if you want to go on keto, I'm just going to keep attacking keto. Fuck keto. Uh, If you want to go on keto, um, first of all, keto was invented to help prevent epileptic seizures in people because it helped like the fats and stuff helped rewire the brain chemistry, blah, blah, blah. Keto was not invented as a weight loss plan at all. It was invented for epilepsy. So everybody just know that. People who were like, I'm going to go on keto. Great. Uh, Are you going to be on keto for the rest of your life? Are you going to be on keto as a 60-year-old woman or man? No. Okay. Where is that cut off? So if you're not going to keep this diet up forever, when are you going to stop it? When is the cutoff going to be for you to no longer be on a diet? What, what do the results look like? Is that just like you do it until X and then you say, great, I have achieved X, moving on with my life. And then you go back to your normal eating patterns and then your body changes and fluctuates accordingly because it's trying to recalibrate itself. Like where does that cutoff start and end? And where do you see yourself in that cycle of on, off, on, off, on, off? It's just really inconsistent. And my motto as a trainer is whatever you can do consistently, do. If you can keep up a keto diet until you're 80 years old and this makes you happy and this is like your path, fine. On you get. But if it's a little bit of a challenge for you to maintain, you might want to look into why that is and how you can make it more sustainable and consistent. And so, yeah, I just, all fad diets in general, fad diets, they're always going to come and go, right? You're going to have low carb, you're going to have high carb, you're going to have low fat, you're going to have high fat, whatever. Depending on the trends of the diet and fitness industry, there's always going to be some new fad diet that's out there and people are going to try it and people are going to fail and people are going to internalize that saying, I failed, I'm not good enough this is my fault. And then they're going to try the next diet. And on and on we go. Let's break the cycle, guys. Let's listen to our bodies. Let's embrace intuitive eating. Let's eat what we want when we want it. When we're hungry, stop when we're full. Let's like actually heal our relationship with food and hope that that kind of internalizing having a positive relationship with food and positive experiences with food perpetuate a positive relationship with food as a whole and you don't have to diet again I don't I haven't been on a diet like in like five years over five years plus um I don't track calories I don't track macros I literally eat when I'm hungry I stop when I'm full I eat what I want when I want and I am quite happy with my body um, the way that it is right now. And I would highly recommend everybody else to look into intuitive eating and to try to consider healing their relationship with food and healing their relationship with diets in general. Everything hurts and I'm dying. (laughs) Alrighty, guys. Thanks for staying 
tuned, I guess, this whole time. Uh, we're still here together. Uh, I would like to tell you guys about my fourth and final pillar of health and fitness. And it's another uh, food one. <clears throat> so the pillar number four for my personal training philosophy and the way that I live my life is that food and drinks do not have a moral value. <laughs> I just, I feel so like strongly about this one. Food and drinks don't have a moral value. You're not a good person for eating a salad and you're not a bad person for eating a cheeseburger. I don't understand why people let food sway their opinions about themselves. You're not a good person if you eat X and you're not a bad person if you eat Y. It drives me insane. Uh, hopefully the marks of what makes you a good person is what makes anybody a good person. Being kind, <laughs> giving to charity, uh, saying nice things about people, being helpful to their communities. Uh, hopefully like that makes you a good person, not what you eat. And I think that too many people allow food to internalize into their brains and tell them if they're good or bad. Oh, I'm so, so good today. Like I've just, I've had like nothing to eat. I'm so good. Oh my God. I've had nothing but vegetables and just dry fucking nothing. Air, <laughs> vegetables and sadness. Not even a dip, just dry veggies. I'm so good. I'm so good. And then inevitably when that pendulum swings the other direction and you have a pizza because you haven't eaten all day, Oh, I'm so bad. I'm so bad. I had a pizza. I'm such a bad person. No, you're not a bad person. You literally had a pizza because you were starving and you ate nothing but vegetables all day with no dip, by the way. Dip is king. Get some dip. <laughs> so don't give food the power to sway your opinion of yourself. Please, like, have a bit more self-esteem to the point where the things that you put in your mouth don't change that because they don't. You can eat really healthy and still be an asshole. <laughs> Alternatively, like you can eat unhealthfully and still be an amazing person. And I really don't think that people should use food or drinks to like give themselves value or to like prove to it's always to prove to others how good they are everybody deserves to eat everybody deserves to eat what they want you guys you're human beings like you don't have to earn your food food doesn't have a moral value you do not have to earn your food you're not a dog dogs have to earn their foods by being good humans do not have to earn their foods by being good some food is a little bit nutritionally better than others, that's true, but some food is more satisfying than others as well. And having a little bit of everything prevents binging, it prevents like overcompensating in either way, and it prevents the roller coaster of self-esteem issues that usually follow with that ebb and flow of being good and being bad. You can still eat a salad and be an asshole or you can still eat a pizza and be an amazing person. Everything hurts and I'm dying. <laughs>
Alrighty, everyone. I hope that you enjoyed uh, getting to know some of my pillars of learning for my training philosophy for all of my T-Rex athletes, but also myself as well. Uh, just to recap them really quickly, uh, pillar number one is that exercise is a celebration, not a punishment. We are celebrating the things that we can do, the things that our bodies are capable of. We are pushing ourselves hard and we are resting when we need to. It is a celebration. It is not a punishment. So that's pillar number one. Pillar number two is that you and your body are on the same team. You're working with your body. You're not working against it. Put yourself in a positive mindset about something about your body and keep reminding yourself of that positive thing. Any other time, a negative thing might potentially come into play. Keep that positive mindset because you and your body are on the same team. Pillar number three is that diets don't work. I repeat, diets don't work. 98% of diets fail. And y'all find better ways. Find better ways to stay on track with things. Find better ways to be consistent because diets don't work. Pillar number four is that food and drinks do not have a moral value. You're not a good person for eating healthfully, 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 healthfully. You're not a good person for eating healthy and you're not a bad person for eating unhealthy. Being a good person and being a bad person actually has nothing to do with what you eat or drink. It actually is typically how you act and like relate to others and behave <laughs> in a social setting. And so don't put so much power into feeling about yourself with using food because food and drink don't have a moral value. Stop giving it your stop giving it the power to sway the way that you feel about yourself because you're better than that. And there we go. Those are my four pillars of learning. I hope you guys have learned a little bit of something today. If you guys have any questions at all, feel free to send us an email at questions at everythinghurtsandimdying.co.uk or ehaid.com. Uh, we're always looking forward to answering your questions, so definitely feel free to send them in. You can get a hold of me at trextraining20 on Instagram. And uh, thanks so much for listening. I really appreciate you guys being here. Thanks for staying tuned. Appreciate y'all. Thanks.